Welcome to the year 2023 and welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. This is episode 120 and we're reviewing Chainsaw Man. As always, there'll be spoilers throughout this episode. We're going hard for the start of 2023. We are starting the year off, our very first episode of 2023, with Chainsaw Man, one of the most hype shows of 2022. One of the most brutal shows of 2022. (laughs) And I just like that we started the year on a nice round number with episode 120. Oh, yeah. That's true. It worked out perfectly. And yeah, we get to talk about... A show chock full of violence and gore and boobs. That's great. (laughs) A great start to the new year. Hopefully everyone listening had a wonderful new year. Um, Did something special, something fun to ring in 2023. Or if you're the type who loves to stay at home and just curl up on the couch and watch the countdown on TV, that's still really awesome. And I hope that that was great for you as well. There are many years where I would prefer to do just that. I just know that for Star Wars fans, at the stroke of midnight, they like to time the the, the explosion of the Death Star in episode four. Oh, New that's Hope. right. <laughs> that just makes me think, like, what are ways, um, clever ways that um, anime fans can ring in the new year with a with a historic moment like that in one of the shows. I know that Zelda fans love to take that clip from Majora's Mask, uh, basically where the end of the third day um, comes to a close. Mm. That way, as soon as it's the new year, uh, the moon is crashing into the world. <laughs> That's one thing that I, I'd love to try and, and do on one of these years. Or like if, you, if you're watching the first episode of Attack on Titan and you see the the first appearance of the colossal titan like if you can time that to appear at midnight <laughs> oh i've seen i think i've seen that on twitter oh, really? <laughs> i feel like something that? attack on titan related <laughs> mm, okay well if if any of you out there celebrated new years in a unique way like that uh, let us know especially in the discord you love to love to hear hear everyone's unique ideas about ringing in the new year Let's talk a little bit about anime that's not Chainsaw Man. I feel like it's been several episodes since we've done like a general anime update, basically where we talk about what we've been watching that's not the seasonal stuff that we do reviews on. And the reason I bring this up is because I have restarted or I'm starting to rewatch Wolf's Reign. And I know Wolf's Reign isn't the most like well-known anime. So for anyone who's not familiar Wolf's Reign was an anime that aired back in 2003, uh, most notably on Adult Swim. It was part of that Adult Swim era where they had like Cowboy Bebop, Ghost in the Shell, etc. This was airing right around the same time. And I remember loving the first part of Wolf's Reign. I remember just loving the shit out of it. I thought it was so good. And then the ending happened. And I remember being so fucking disappointed that I ended up I didn't have mail at the time but when I uh, put together my mail and I was putting anime that I had watched way back in the day on there I gave Wolf's Reign a four out of ten I was just so pissed at the ending and in our roast of Strictly Anime episode which was episode 100 uh, where we asked our uh, our listeners to basically look at our mail 
and roast the shit out of us. A lot of people roasted me for giving Wolf's Reign such a bad rating. And they said, you have to give it another chance. So to all of you who implored me to give Wolf's Reign another chance, I am doing exactly that. I'm still pretty early on. I'm like three episodes in, but I, I'm loving it. I mean, I, I loved the first part of it. I do remember that. So I'm just having so much fun rewatching it. And I like vaguely remember the story. So it's a nice refresher. But I'll keep you guys posted when I get to the part that I started to hate. And I'll let you know if I still feel the same way. Are you anticipating it at all? <laughs> uh, or do you think, I guess, twofold question, are you anticipating it? And do you think you will give it the same rating of 4 out of 10 as you did that many years ago? Anticipating hating the ending again? Yeah, I, maybe, I was a very different weeb back in 2003. I this was is just like Giguk with Evangelion. Yeah. <laughs> like back in 2003, I was a little weeblet. I, I barely knew what anime was. Um, as many of you know, my gateway anime, my true gateway an anime was, you know, Yasha, which was also airing, I think, right around that time. So I was just scratching the surface. I didn't have a lot of anime to compare Wolf's Reign to. So it's going to be different watching it this time around because I'm not just watching it in like a bubble or in a silo. I will be kind of actively thinking like, how does this compare to other anime that have a similar premise um, or other anime from that era? But I'm just going to, I'm also going to try to like look at this objectively and not let my feelings from 2003 come flooding back in when I mm. watch the ending. But who knows? Maybe I'll hate it just as much. Maybe I'll give it an even lower rating because I wasted my time rewatching it. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But like I said, I'll keep you guys posted when I get towards the end. What have you been watching? Well, recently I've still been trying to focus on getting this stupid cold and sore throat out of the, out of the way. Um, but in the meantime, I have been catching up on some of the fall shows uh recently watched bochi the rock which i am currently eight episodes in and i know there were a lot of people uh, in our podcast network and in our discord who were highly recommending bochi the rock and i'm pretty sure it's like very highly rated in all of the anime lists on social media and I, I gravitated towards it because it's an anime. It's a, a music anime. Um, I think Giguk uh, in his fall impressions video, I guess, was saying that it has similarities to K-On, which I, I never watched before, but I guess it's like cute girls doing music things. Uh, so I, I again, I'm, I'm currently watching Bochi the Rock. But I don't think it's been affecting me the same way that others have been saying that like they, they really love the show. I think it's mostly with the character Bochi, or uh, what's her real name? Hitori-chan. Um, I, I get the premise of her is that she, like she's this really shy, introverted girl who's really fucking good at the guitar. And she gets together with some other girls her age to form this rock band. But I think just the shtick of her having like the constant low self-esteem is a little too much for me. But I think other than that, I, I do enjoy the music in the show. And I, I, I do like that for the the portrayal of the instruments being played. They, they look like they're actually being played instead of, you know, like just cookie cutter animation of 
characters playing music. Um, so I do appreciate the intricacy of that. But I don't know, maybe there's something in the last four episodes of the show that will change my mind. Um, so yeah, as of right now, I would say it's a pretty good show. I wouldn't say it's great. Do yet. you generally like cute girls doing cute things type of anime? Um, I don't know. I think it's a, a new genre, not new genre, but a genre that I'm still exploring. Um, I think one of the first things I saw in that genre was Licorice Recoil. And licorice? Licorice? Licorice. <laughs> I, I get confused every time about how to pronounce that word. But I mean, I don't really know how to pronounce, like how English speakers pronounce it. So I say licorice. I could be wrong as mm-hmm. well. Licorice, licorice, whatever recoil. Um, also Gunsmith Cats, which came out way back in the day, but I recently watched since it was like a three episode OVA. Um, so maybe like there are elements of the cute girls doing cute things genre that... I need to understand more before I can really put judgment on this show. Um, but I mean, like, Ligers <laughs> Recoil, I did thoroughly enjoy, and I think it falls in that genre. Um, Bochi of the Rock, again, it, it remains to be seen since I haven't finished the show yet. One more question. So you describe the main character as, like, gloomy or whatever, self-doubting. Introverted. Introverted. Do you not gravitate towards that or is that maybe hindering your enjoyment of Bochy the Rock because you really hate the shonen protagonist, <laughs> the self-doubting, crying shonen yeah. protagonist? Not that this is a shonen, but you don't like the Tanjiros, the Midorias, the whoever else fucking the cries. The Takemichis of the anime <laughs> world where they constantly doubt themselves. Yeah, I guess that kind of contributes to it. Um, and I, I understand that like Bochi herself is like a grade school student. And so I'm, I'm sure this show appeals to that demographic that, you know, kids around her age who are also into music, but aren't like, like social experts can relate to her and find that they can break out of their shell. I just think it's a little excessive with how much Bochi kind of promotes her her low self-esteem it's basically her whole shtick it's her whole yeah. personality yeah uh but again, other than that i can get over that because the rest of the show is is pretty good with this band trying to go from i guess a sort of rags to riches uh so yeah remains to be seen what happens in the final episodes but yeah looking forward to to wrapping it up well, going from Wolf's Rain and Bochy the Rock to Chainsaw Man, I think this is a very, very different anime that we're going to be talking about today, and it's here. How, how long have we been hyped up about Chainsaw Man? How long have we been anticipating this anime? We're finally here. We're ready to talk about it. I will let everyone know I am a bit sleepy today. I did try to have some caffeine and wake myself up, but... Um, being pregnant, sometimes I get really tired and no amount of caffeine can help that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anyone um, did not catch the big announcement on uh, the previous episode, which is episode 119, the best and worst of 2022 anime, we did officially announce that we are having a baby. And I'm, I'm I think, like a couple weeks away from entering the third trimester, which I've heard 
means the return of extreme exhaustion and fatigue. So if I ever sound tired, that's probably why. But I think what's fueling me right now is being able to finally talk about Chainsaw Man. We finally mm -hmm. watched it. We understand what the story is about. We may not know every meme about Chainsaw Man at this point. I think Kobeni's car is still like an unknown meme. But yeah, thanks we'll to, get there. to Shonen Flop for, yeah. <laughs> for introducing that meme to us. Um, I, I don't think that's come into play yet with this first season. But yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of energy with Chainsaw Man, especially because this series has taken the manga and anime community by storm. I feel like people have been talking about Chainsaw Man for years and it does feel like years man yeah. the hype has been <laughs> crazy like yeah i've never seen hype levels this intense since i want to say like attack on titan and nowhere in either the manga or anime community i feel you could find refuge from chainsaw man's intense grip on everyone's minds we attended uh, Crunchyroll Expo in early August, right? Was it early August? Yes. In California. And there was a Chainsaw Man panel where they had the CEO of MAPPA and I think one of the directors. Directors or, or writers, I don't remember. One of the leads of Chainsaw Man. And I mean, that was like, of the panels we went to, that one had the biggest attendance. Mm -hmm. I was in the overflow room because... I was very tired at the time, <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to sleep in a little bit. I'll meet you guys there. Didn't realize how insane the line would be, and yeah, ended up in a totally separate room from you, but still got to watch it um, from the side, and it was insane. I mean, just insane, the energy, the excitement. Um, people were, and, and even after that, they were just so hype about everything Chainsaw Man, so yeah, it's nice to be able to finally understand what the fuck everyone's talking about. Yeah, and so many Chainsaw Man cosplayers at Crunchyroll Expo too. Um, it, it almost like every other person had a a black tie and white dress shirt on. Um, that I almost thought they were like event security at some point. Until I, I see people <laughs> dressed up as Denji or, or as Chainsaw Man. Um, so yeah, I think the very heavy promotion and programming for Chainsaw Man at Crunchyroll Expo it definitely piqued more of my interest. I wouldn't say that I was on the hype train for Chainsaw Man, but I was definitely more intrigued about it. So let's talk about early thoughts, like initial thoughts about Chainsaw Man. Of course, we'll share our final in-depth thoughts at the end of this review, but there are a couple of things that just came to mind right away that I want to just, you know, call out there. Um, I would say one of my first reactions to Chainsaw Man like a few episodes in when enough of the characters had been introduced, I started seeing, and let me know if you feel this, if, if this happened to you as well, I started seeing some major parallels to Jujutsu Kaisen. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait, is this just Jujutsu Kaisen? <laughs> mm -hmm. Jujutsu Kaisen in a different universe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think like I have similar thoughts. Like I know people have been touting this series as as amazing, and so there was, I think that just increased my expectations for how this show was going to be. And I thought it was, it was a great season one, not that they've announced a season two yet, but I didn't really think it was that amazing. And I think it might be because of our recency bias, because again, we keep seeing parallels or I, both of us kept seeing parallels to Jujutsu Kaisen where it made some elements of the story feel kind of 
cookie cutter. And I was talking about this with you before we started recording. Is you watched Devil Man Cry Baby? Is that right? I did, yes. Because I was also hearing things from the community that even that show was very similar in premise to Chainsaw Man, and I don't know which one, which one of those series came first. But did you also get that feeling as well? No, at no point did I think Devil Man Cry Baby during my watch. But hmm. maybe I just like don't remember enough about Devil Man Cry Baby. I enjoyed it. Um, I remember like high level of the story and everything, but maybe it just didn't resonate as strongly with me as Jujutsu Kaisen. And when when I say that the uh, that Chainsaw Man feels or has similarities or parallels to Jujutsu Kaisen, I don't mean that in like a bad way. Like Chainsaw Man is trying to rip off that story because I'm looking here and the Jujutsu Kaisen manga was began serializing March fifth, twenty eighteen. And then the Chainsaw Man manga started serializing December third, twenty eighteen. So mm. maybe like a six month difference. I'm not. I'm not doing the math in my head, so I could be wrong about that. Um, but you know, like half a year, whatever, a couple months difference. So to say that like Chainsaw Man, because the anime came out second, and Jujutsu Kaisen came out what two years ago, something like that. Um, to say that like Chainsaw Man is ripping off of Jujutsu Kaisen or whatever, or the you know vice versa, I think is a little unfair if anyone mm-hmm. is thinking that because again they came out so close to each other. I'm sure that Chainsaw Man was already starting to come together way before March 2018. Um, but I think I just maybe it's just irony. It's just ironic that the two of them do have a lot of parallels. And in thinking about what those parallels are, I think the main trios have a lot of similarities you've got (laughs) aki hayakawa who is basically the megumi fushiguro they have like pretty much the same ability same aesthetic i think they both have does does fushiguro have blue eyes oh i don't know about the i mean i mean they both have black hair black hair even though aki has the the ponytail yeah they have um the same (laughs) moody sundere type of um uh, personality mm-hmm. they use dog type of demons or curses or whatever because aki has con is that was that the name of yeah, it yeah that's the name of the the fox the, the fox, de- fox devil. devil yeah and then um of course fushiguro has like the two dog demons wolves i don't remember what they were divine dogs there you go divine I dogs, you yes. were the bigger jujutsu guy i know <laughs> <laughs> and then you have denji who feels very much like yuji itadori mm-hmm. um same kind of they don't have the same hair color but you know they have a lighter hair color similar personality of being very aloof goofy very unbothered by a lot of things that would bother other people and they're the main characters and then you've got nobara and power they're a little bit different i don't think nobara is quite that crazy or as kind of out there they as both power. use hammers oh my god you're right they do <laughs> they both use hammers um but you know nobara still is like you when you look at the trio, you always sort of see her paired up with with Yuji Itadori. I call me Itadori, but you see them paired up as like the two goofy ones, and then like Fushiguro is kind of like the level headed one of the group. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. You've got Power and Denji, which you know are kind of paired up and goofy together and play play off of each other well. And then you've got Aki or Hayakawa. I don't know what people are calling him, um, but you know he's again kind of the level headed one of the group. Beyond that. I feel like the concept of devils and curses are very similar because I believe in Jujutsu Kaisen, curses are fueled by the fear that people have around them. 
And if I remember correctly in Chainsaw Man, certain devils are stronger than others because of the fear behind them. So the gun mm -hmm. devil is fucking, you know, is fucking terrifying because people are very afraid of guns um, versus like some of the other really small like devils. Like Pochita, the chainsaw yeah. devil. <laughs> you don't really chainsaws. use chainsaws that often, so <laughs> he's very cute. So that's another similarity. I felt like, um, oh, what's what's the sensei's name in, uh, in Chainsaw Man? Because he, he like Kishibe. Yes, uh, Kishibe is very similar to Nanami. Again, like the very right. kind of kudere, flat personality, again, level-headed type of teacher, mentor figure. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're voiced by the same voice actor. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that. <laughs> it was uh, Kenjiro Suda, my, yes. my guy. <laughs> and then you have Makiba, I guess you could say, is like Gojo because They're both, both of them OP are... They're both OP as fuck. Yeah, very OP. Overpowered beyond belief. Um, and they both have, you know, eyes. They have eyes that are very unique. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I would say they're still different because Gojo's very goofy at times, but he can have his cool moments. Makiba, I think, is straight-laced to a T. But again, there are some parallels there. So those are the ones that stick out to me. I think there were others that I wrote down. But just thinking, basically rationalizing why we say that we get Jujutsu Kaisen vibes from Chainsaw Man. It's not a negative comment at all. I think it's just coincidence that the two of them have these similarities, have these parallels. And for me, having loved Jujutsu Kaisen, I thought it was kind of cool. I was like, hey, this is fun. I get to experience a similar feel to Jujutsu Kaisen, but it's a whole different story whole different set of characters so yeah that was that was just something i wanted to throw out there right off the bat and not that we want to turn this into a jujutsu kaisen chainsaw man comparison episode again i think with just our our recency bias that's the the show that we compare it to the most and i think just generally in shonen we see all of these things like the the, the trios uh the the power systems the world building um, they're always some element of it is synonymous across these different shows, and you know I think that's what always attracts people to watching them. I will I will say for Chainsaw Man though that again not to compare it to Jujutsu Kaisen so much, but I think the story in Chainsaw Man does a fine job at world building with the idea of devils and devil hunting without like overcomplicating things. Because I, I think that was one caveat of Jujutsu Kaisen that I didn't really enjoy is that, like, the cursed energy and learning all of the levels of, of grades of spirits or whatever and the, the domain expansions, it got so confusing for me that I don't even know if I'm saying any of this right. Here in Chainsaw Man, you have the devils and, you know, some are really powerful and some are, again, OP as fuck as with the gun devil. So I think the simplicity of that sort of world building is what made me enjoy this show a little bit more than other shonen like Jujutsu Kaisen. Earlier, you brought up a question that I would like to save for the end of this episode when we share our final thoughts. And that question is, as anime only people, did the, did the Chainsaw Man anime live up to the hype that we heard all about from manga readers? So we will definitely talk about that um, towards the end of this episode. Stay tuned for that. But before we dive into the meat of our discussion, um, I, I think we should bring up the OP and EDs for 
this first season of Chainsaw Man. And it's a very unique case for this series. And I think that's what makes it stand out from other anime that we've seen in recent times. Um, So let's talk about the OP, the title of which is Kickback by Kenshi Yonezu, which some people might know him as the singer of one of the OPs from My Hero, Peace Sign, which I think is your favorite from that show. That is the fucking stretching. This is stretching OP. (laughs) Everyone's stretching. And I think this is the OP that shook the world with everyone talking about it on social media because of its unique premise. And that's with it's the visuals have various references to cinema pop culture. And that's something that I, I don't really see in other OPs. And so again, their unique take on it is just what makes this show really, again, stick out from the rest. This OP is so fucking cool. So fucking cool. I know we recently did our favorite openings and endings uh, in 2022. And then we also had a pick for best OP in 2022 in our last episode, best and worst of 2022 anime. And honestly, if your boy Kong Ming didn't come out in 2022, this easily could have been one of my picks for mm-hmm. best OP. It is the, the song is really cool. It is so weird. I know you you always mention like you struggle to find the beat. <laughs> yeah, especially with the chorus. Um, like I know it's four four tempo, but I think he starts on an offbeat, and then I like lose. <laughs> <laughs> lose the tempo of it but it's it's the sort of erratic techno rock that i really dig i i know like i'm usually very averse to such things but it, i think this song it just slaps really hard i agree i think this song is so good it's addictive i love all the sounds that he blends together um, in, into this one really crazy song. It kind of gives me the same vibes as listening to the first Hunter Hunter ED, which is by Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. The hell was the title of that song? Why do I always forget these things? Just Awake. Yes, thank you. It's just it's, It reminds me of Just Awake. They don't sound alike, but it's going into it and feeling like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> That's how I felt the first time I listened to Just Awake. I was like, wait, there's so many sounds, so many crazy things happening, but they go so well together and make for such an iconic song. It's the same feeling here with the Chainsaw Man OP. And then, of course, those visuals are fucking cool. There, there's something about this OP that will just stand out forever because while we've seen in other anime them trying to reference um, other works, you'll usually get that in like very small pieces. Here the entire thing is referencing other works in such a cool way. And I feel like everything that they picked worked really well for Chainsaw Man. Not everything was like a scary movie or something gory or whatever. Like some of it I would never expect. I think there was like reference to Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, actually, since we're on this topic, I think to go over all of the references in the OP could merit its own episode, but I actually found a side-by-side comparison of the OP with the movies and the scenes that it's referencing. Uh, So we'll drop a link to that video in the Discord, which, by the way, if you haven't joined, you can join using the invite link in the show notes. Uh, But just... To mention some of the things referenced, 
uh, or some of the films referenced, you have Reservoir Dogs. I think that's the most obvious because of their outfits also being the white dress shirt, black tie, um, Pulp Fiction. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre, go figure, The Big Lebowski, Fight Club. There are even references to the mangaka Tatsuki Fujimoto's own works, especially his one-shot Goodbye Airy. And to take all of these things and blend them into one cohesive OP that works for Chainsaw Man, that works for the the song that they're using, it's a phenomenal job. Like, it's it's really cool. There's nothing like it. And I think that whoever came up with this idea was absolutely brilliant in doing so. Yeah, they definitely set the bar high. And I don't know if this is, like, going to be a precedent for how how ops are created in the future but i feel like it's going to be a case where if there's another anime that tries this people will automatically think oh they're just copying chainsaw man there was okay this reminds me of a stream that gigguk did that i think you and i were watching where he basically predicted he was about to watch an op for some anime it probably a shonen and he predicted before even watching it (laughs) like 10 different things that would be in it. And I think he hit either like all 10 or maybe like nine of them. I'm kind of throwing out numbers. I don't know, remember exactly. But he said things like, there's going to be somebody looking out the window very moody. There's going to be someone falling from a really tall height. There's going to be at least two fight scenes. Like he just, he named all these things because he's been watching anime in depth for so long. Um, and he got like almost everything right. It was crazy. But I think that shows you that so many anime OPs and EDs are pretty cookie cutter. They have a lot of similarities. So this Chainsaw Man OP is a breath of fresh air. It's so cool. And kind of like you said, I-, I hope it pushes other um, anime teams to think outside of the box and come up with something really unique like this. And just to cover a little bit of the lyrics, um, I think kickback it just is a way or an example of denji's feelings to kind of live a happy and carefree life um just looking at the translation for the pre-chorus um lines like but i only want to be happy i only want to live easy and i only want to grasp that something nestling deep inside your heart uh i don't know if that's like a reference to you know pochita as the chainsaw devil living inside him and then yeah, you have the chorus kicking in. Happy, fill me up well. Please rest in peace. Go we'll t- go till we reach it. Um, and, you know, the repeating line, effort, future, a beautiful star, which I joke with you, the, the cadence of that line, like da-da, da-da, a beautiful star, reminds me of the episode of SpongeBob. Uh, I think it's Band Geeks, where SpongeBob has to take over the band from Squidward, and he starts with like a one, a two, a scaly daily do. And now I can't unhear it. <laughs> Every time the OP comes on, I cannot hear. I cannot unhear SpongeBob. <laughs> so I'd like to see if someone can make a cut of <laughs> SpongeBob doing the one, two, scaly daily do uh, with that opening to uh, kick back. Uh, last piece of trivia that I will offer for this OP is that the opening line, that beautiful star opening line, is actually a sample from a, another song that was done by the J-pop girl group Morning Musume, and that's their 2002 song Soda, We're Alive. Just kind of weird, like that they would sample such a random song. But again, this OP is so random, and we're here for it. And we have a really unique situation with the ED for Chainsaw Man, or sh- as I should say, 
EDs because every episode has its very own ED. So that's 12 in total. You know, I, I think, again, we could take a whole episode just to talk about these 12 EDs, but to just go through a list really quickly, we have Chainsaw Blood by Vondi, Zanki by Zutomayo, Hawatari to Okusenchi, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, by Maximum the Hormone, Josai by Toboe. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna have such a fun time pronouncing a lot of these. Uh, In the Back Room by Pseudo, Daino Tekina Rendezvous by Kanaria, Chu Tayose by Ano, First Death by TK from Ling Tosite Sigure. Uh, for any Tokyo Ghoul fans out there, uh, Deep Down by Imer, uh, Dogland by People One, Violence by Queen Bee, and Fight Song by Eve. Um, so I think what we'll do with this section is I'd like to know which of these EDs is your favorite. I would have to say the last one, Fight Song by Eve. And people are probably going to think I'm dumb for picking that one. Not because it's an Eve song, because I know people love Eve's music, but um, because I'm picking the most boring one in terms of visuals. It's basic. It's very plain. It's probably the closest thing that you're going to get to your typical ED visuals. But I sort of liked that it was seeing a different, us seeing a different side of the main trio. It was certainly slice of life. It had probably some of the brightest colors we experienced in all of Chainsaw Man. But for what we got throughout the anime, this ED felt different. I I liked how, again, we just kind of took a step back from the chaos that was Chainsaw Man, the craziness that these characters have gone through. And we just see the main trio like going shopping, cooking dinner, hanging out, and I guess bonding after everything that they've gone through for those 12 episodes. So I really enjoyed it because those aspects, the the song was good as well. But um, I'm wondering, is that also your favorite or did you pick a different one? No, I picked a different one. But yeah, it's kind of like the slice of life aspect of this show. Um, My favorite ED has to go to the first one, which is Chainsaw Blood by Vondi. There aren't visuals for this. It's just rolling credits against a black screen and you know it's kind of different from why you love the last ed i think the first ed just encapsulates the tone of the series so well Uh, i could have i could see this being the song that they use as the ed for the entire show Uh, something about it just it screams chainsaw man (laughs) obviously because it's titled chainsaw blood but a lot of it, it also feels like a, sort of like a nostalgic rock song too. So I, I just think it, it perfectly captures the vibe of this series. I actually was going to pick that as my second favorite song. Visually, I mean, there's, there are no visuals. However, I feel like we've we've had that black screen with rolling credits before in plenty of anime, but it almost fits too well in Chainsaw Man because Chainsaw Man is so heavily influenced, at least I think, by movies and cinema and it is in and of itself very cinematic the way the animation and kind of like i guess camera work quote unquote is all done so it almost feels like you're watching the end of a movie you're watching the credits roll so i i don't know if that was intentional or if that just fits well with the vibe that they've got going on especially when the op gave us a bunch of 
clips from iconic movies. So yeah, I, I think that was a, a solid option as well. But all of them were good. I don't think there were mm -hmm. any that I hated. Yeah, and you know, it's just great that each one comes with its own unique set of visuals. Most of the time, they are focused on what happened in the episode that it's attached to. Uh, it's so it, that's just another credit to the quality of work MAPPA has done with this anime. Just the fact that they decided to have unique EDs for each episode. Uh, it, it's just, it's impressive. All right, Strictly fam. Time to ring -ing 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 in the new year with our synopsis and discussion for Chainsaw Man, the 2022 anime television series based on the manga series of the same name, written and illustrated by Tatsuki Fujimoto, produced by MAPPA and directed by Ryu Nakayama and Masato Nakazono. The series follows juvenile drifter Denji as he joins an organization of devil hunters to rid the world of the demonic creatures, whilst using the powers of one chainsaw devil himself. In episode 1, Dog and Chainsaw, Dinji is a debt-ridden delinquent with a devil of a dog who performs odd jobs for a Yakuza geezer in order to pay off his mountain of IOUs and get one inch closer to the good life by one republic. When the Yakuza geezer forms an alliance with the walking dead devil, however, Dinji makes his own deal with his devil dog to turn into a human chainsaw that not just the undead Yakuza, but the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission should show concern about. Oh my god, I forgot they put out that tweet. Yeah, was it man made of chainsaws? Hmm. Okay, we'll, we'll drop a link to that tweet in the Discord as well, because that was a really unexpected tweet about Chainsaw Man. That, that is just another testament to how much this show is affecting the world, to the point that this government agency has to tweet about it. And I think they even had tips on using a chainsaw properly yeah. in the, the Twitter thread. It's like, that wow. great. I didn't even know they had a Twitter account. <laughs> so I've heard a lot about Pochta. We've heard a lot about Pochta. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here at the end of episode one thinking, wait, so you're telling me Pochta is only in the first episode? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I was not expecting that. I was sad. I mean, truthfully, I was sad because he's so cute. <laughs> Yeah, for a, a creature that's supposed to be a devil, they made him so kawaii instead of kawaii. He was great. I get why people love Pochta so much. I mean, to have that much impact with only one episode technically that that he's present in, I get it. He's he's best boy. Although, did you kind of feel weirded out when he started talking um, after... Uh, he said he wanted to see Denji's dream. Oh, hell yeah. It reminded me of that horrific clip <laughs> Pikachu. of Pikachu yeah. talking to Ash in that one Pokemon movie. I was like, what the fuck? It's just weird. Mm. I mean, I didn't think it was like the the vocals in this were as bad, but it's just a moment that catches you off guard. Like whenever a cutesy creature starts speaking in Japanese or like English, if you watch the dub, it's just kind of, it's strange. Overall, this first episode gave off such a vibe. The minimal music and subdued colors made this feel like almost depressing and eerie in, in terms of aura, despite how lively Denji and Pochta were. So even though they were always trying to find the silver lining behind everything that was happening, um, it, it just kind of showed that like they're surrounded by a shitty situation. And I will say the animation is stellar as expected from MAPPA, 
But, but we have to talk about that fucking CG chainsaw man at the end of the episode. Ooh. It was, I don't know. It was clunky. It was clunky as fuck. Like it yeah. just, it, it got better as the show progressed. So I'm just going to get the CG talk out of the way right now. It got better in every iteration after that first episode but i got really nervous watching that first episode that last fight scene the climactic fight scene thinking oh shit is this the level of cg mappa is about to give us for the rest of the show luckily that wasn't the case um i still am not a fan of cg but i think what they what they gave us was still pretty good but yeah it was it was risky to have that type of cg in the opening episode for chainsaw man and i will say it kind of diminished my excitement of getting to see the chainsaw devil for the very first time um it still looks great but you know it's kind of like how people were off put by the cgi titans in attack on titan the final season which also just happens to be animated by mappa uh i I think it, it just it took the teeth out of the reveal even though like the rest of the scene was as gory and as brutal as you'd expect out of a show called Chainsaw Man. I think, like you said, as the episodes progress, like you just get used to it. And I think it it becomes second nature to, to watch the CGI of certain characters, especially Denji as the Chainsaw Devil and later with the, I think he's called the Katana Devil. Uh, but there are also shots of denji as the chainsaw devil in 2d which i think also look fantastic um i don't know if they could have just gone that route for the entirety of the show but i'm just glad that they blended it in um to a point where it still looked seamless but yeah this first episode kind of just catches you off guard with the cg in episode two arrival in tokyo impressed with denji's demonic death count public safety devil hunters leader mamima takes the devilish delinquent into their organization and places him under the care of Aki, a brooding hunter who wants nothing to do with some dumb kid who just wants to fondle some boobs. Mamima also assigns the feisty fiend power to their group, although she causes quite the stir at a local devil incident when she stops for hammer time. That fight between Denji and Aki, where Denji only went after his balls, was pretty unexpected, but in a great way. <laughs> I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, and he just kept he kept going for the balls, and Aki didn't think he would, but he just he just kept going. And there's this interesting divide that they establish right away in the second episode between the two, really around the mentality behind like around devils. So Aki reveals that his whole family was killed by a devil. And feels that any devil should be killed immediately, basically, so that there's not a risk um, of like injury or death to others, like the police or the other devil hunters, because um, he says things like these people have families and things they need to protect. On the flip side, you've got Denji, who was basically betrayed by humans his whole life up until this point with the deadbeat dad being used by the yakuza and being rejected by society because he says he's never had friends before has never had anyone treat him with kindness and his only friend was pochta a devil so he feels that devils deserve some level of sympathy and understanding because maybe not all are so bad and he also feels bad for the humans who are taken over by devils so right away they're they're kind of setting up this potential clash in 
um, in morals or ideals. Ideals, yeah. Uh, and I'm waiting to see like, will that come into play later on? Even though Aki and Denji seem to have a much closer bond by the end of this first season, I feel like it's not strong enough to prevent them from butting heads at some point. I guess I can bring up how I think Denji is the most fascinating part of this series to me as he's kind of this unique protagonist. I guess the best way I can describe him is he reminds me of a juvenile gone freaks um, just because he kind of breaks the mold of shonen protagonists with he's not he doesn't ever put himself down um, and as like in contrast with a lot of protagonists i feel like there's nothing that feels really righteous about denji despite him joining public safety to help in the hunt against devils and that's just because he's a horn dog for for makima um so i don't think denji is there to fight the good fight his dreams are just motivated by rising from his lowly lot in life and i guess his lewd pursuits and Remember how I had a propensity for Dark Knight references? Oh boy, here we go. Here's my first one for 2023. I think Denji is one of those men that just wants to watch the world burn. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I think Denji is a breath of fresh air among shonen protagonists because he is the definition of staying true to yourself. That, that yes. is everything that he embodies. Because at this point, he's like, I've come from rock bottom. Everything is great to me. Even mm-hmm. the smallest thing is better than what I had before. And his motivation to touch boobs, I mean, is it different? Is it weird? I mean, yeah. But hey, I mean, if that's <laughs> his goal, that's his goal, right? Like, he's he's not trying to force himself on anyone. He wants to, like, earn the right to touch boobs because you have Aki out there who's like you're not taking this seriously you don't have a real motivation but it's kind of like why isn't my motivation real why isn't it as legitimate Mm -hmm. as everyone else's motivations like if someone's motivation was just to be able to okay let's let's pull Yoshikaga Kira into this situation one of the Jojo villains his his motivation is is to just live a quiet life That's all he wants. His goal, his motivation is to live a quiet life. Some might say that that is not a true motivation. Some might say that it's a boring motivation. But hey, if that's his goal, if that's what he wants, that's totally fair. So I (laughs) I think it's the means by which he wants to live a quiet life. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, we could get into that, I guess. And and there are definitely some differences between Yoshikaga Kira and Denji. But the, the core here is like, if that is what someone is striving for, and they feel very serious and very motiva- motivated about that, is it a, a dumb goal? I mean, maybe mm. not. <laughs> maybe in our eyes, fondling boobs is a dumb goal, but yeah, <laughs> to, to each their own, I guess. Um, and also, I, I just want to give credit to the voice actor for Denji, because it's it's a newcomer to the seiyuu field. Uh, it's Kikunosuke Toya. I think this is his first major role, if not his very first role that's fucking wild and he does a really good job i think he portrays denji fantastically um and i i enjoyed his performance i thought i had no qualms with denji's voice actor yeah i think he brings out the right amount of juvenile and then crazy when denji turns into the chainsaw devil 
Powers also introduced in this episode, and I just want to throw this out there. I she's not what I was expecting. I thought she was gonna be, I don't know, like maybe more like Makima, more like um like seductive. Yeah, seductive, put together, just based off of the memes that I had seen about her. But she she looks like Zero Two, and honestly, is kind of wild and feral like zero two is oh, you think just because they both have horns yeah they both have like the light colored pinkish like strawberry hair and the red horns popping out a lot of people have compared the two of them in terms of their their aesthetics but i think personality wise like yeah power is totally different than the way i imagined her she's a wild one i think seeing the last shot in the op of her and denji just dancing it out and doing the, those high kicks <laughs> like that was enough for me to know exactly what kind of person power would be uh i i love her like wild card personality kind of reminds me of charlie from from always sunny in a way that's a weird comparison but yes i, I can see that one <laughs> and i think also no, of note is that uh power is voiced by Fairuz i who was best known as the voice actor for jolene and she sounds completely different. For Jolene from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. For yes. anyone who doesn't know who Jolene is. Oh, yeah. Jolene from jo- JoJo Stone Ocean. And like she uses a very different tone of voice for power, which again, it, it makes sense because power is not as like noble as Jolene is in her cause. Power is also just there to watch the world burn. What did you think about Makima, though? Because uh, I feel like she's a she's a very mysterious character in this show. And like just the way that she kind of toys with Denji. And I think in this episode she says she's into the Denji type of men. I think it's just her way of, of trying to manipulate him and control him to do what's what's needed for public safety to hunt these devils. By the end of season one, I do not know how I feel about Makima. I mm. don't know if I feel more strongly that she is legit about her want to protect humanity from devils and that she does have good intentions. She just needs to do what she needs to do to get shit done. Or if I feel more strongly that she is going to betray somebody. Like double <laughs> Yeah, she's a, a huge gray area. So yeah, at this point, I don't know which side I'm on when it comes to Makima. I'm not, I don't know if I'm pro or con Makima. Pro or anti-Makima. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of like, I'm the same way. It's like how I feel about Gojo right now. From <laughs> here, Here's another Jujutsu Kaisen comparison. Um, yeah, I, I don't know yet what to say about Makima. Besides the fact that you know, we could find later out, or find out later that she is very OP, I guess, just like Gojo. <laughs> In episode three, Miaoi's whereabouts, Mamima lets her cool head prevail over Dingy and Power's bickering post blood hammer time, and the pair decide to bond over a search for Power's missing cat in exchange for Dingy getting to fondle her boobs. Call in Admiral Akbar though, because it's a trap for Dingy to be fed to the catnapper, the Bat Devil. Although the Devil double crosses power by swallowing her and Miaoi whole for her terrible taste in takeout. But not even a bat can bar this bad boy from bountiful boobs, as Dingy's Chainsaw Devil cosplay swoops in to save the fiend and her feline. I had a feeling power was gonna betray Dingy. I don't know if I'm the only one that felt that way. But something about it didn't seem right. 
um, because she's a fiend. And so, like, really her instincts are going to be to do wrong by humans. But it Mm -hmm. was nice for her to finally see eye to eye with him when her cat got eaten, saying she finally understood, like, why he was sad when Pochta was gone. And I think that was really the start of their unique friendship, their unique relationship, because, yeah, they grow closer as the season goes on, but they still have no problems with, like, throwing each other under the bus. Yeah, I think the previous episode, I think it's Makima who kind of hints that, like, you have to keep an eye on power because she's uh, a fiend. A fiend is like a person whose body was taken over by a devil. I believe so, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a devil in disguise. So obviously, you have to keep your wits about them. Um, but yeah, I, I guess you know it was nice that in this episode, power comes to the realization of caring or understanding Denji's perspective, like you said about caring for others. And you know, I think it's Denji who says to the Bat Devil, "Like, give me my give me my tits back." when he saves power, um, which makes me think, like, is Denji really just fighting for the tits or, or is he, like, starting to learn more about just caring for others in this in this whole incident with power and the Bat Devil? In episode four, Rescue, Denji's Chainsaw Devil cosplay still has its work cut out for him as the Bat Devil's girlfriend, the Leech Devil, swears vengeance on her fallen loved one. A Mappa gore fest ensues with Dingy at the brink of death until Aki comes in at the 11th hour to save our devilish delinquent by borrowing Fushiguro's divine dog. The former workplace rivals make amends in continuing their unique partnership, but with power thrown into the mix, we're looking at a hellish version of Three's Company. By now, I'm noticing that a lot of people keep referring to Denji as a dog, including the leech devil. I think she calls him like little puppy or something like that. Yeah. And he I has think the it's, teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's partly because of his connection to Pochta. Because you know how they say like dogs and their owners start to look like each other <laughs> or whatever. I, what? I, I think okay. that like maybe there's this idea of like, a dog influence to okay how am i i need to like figure out how to describe this like denji isn't literally a dog he's not trying to be a dog but he's seen as a dog because society looks down on him because of where he came from he came from nothing um he's very obedient whatever but i also feel like maybe it's his like strong connection with pochta that he emulates some of these traits. I don't know how to do it. Like, I'm, I may not be articulating it super well, um, but I just keep noticing how like everybody keeps calling him a dog of some sort or a mutt or a puppy or, you know, a lap dog, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I think even down to like the last episode, the bad guy calls him a lap dog for public safety. So there's just this, this constant reference to denji and i think sometimes it gets to him sometimes it doesn't and yeah i don't know if like it may be a theme like an ongoing theme that we'll keep seeing in chainsaw man yeah i didn't really notice that um but i'm thinking back to some of the dialogue that yeah he's always referred to in some capacity uh in the the canine way uh i guess there are like many aspects of you know dogs being obedient uh because i think the, the second episode 
like Makima kind of instructs him to act like a dog, to bark and to say yes to her. Yes, you that? yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, in other ways, it's again, like him coming from a, a low point in life. Like you said, people kind of looking down on him as a dog. But then also dogs can be vicious when their natural instincts kick in. And that's kind of comparable with how Denji's Chainsaw Devil can be unhinged when it attacks his opponents. And it's probably why he clashes with power so often because she's more of a cat person. Uh, I don't know if if you'd call her a cat. Like maybe she is sort of independent and tries to go off and do things on her own like a cat would. So I, I see where those parallels come in. I would say by episode four, Aki was pretty much solidified as my favorite character. Of course. Can you I, guess I why? Because <laughs> he and Fushiguro are basically the same person. Well, not only that, but like Aki's like the sundere, male sundere uh, character. Yeah. He's more of a blend of a sundere and a kudere. But yeah, he's got enough of a male sundere vibe that I, I, I dig it. See, you know, he's he's cool. I like him. <laughs> see, I thought that Denji would be your favorite because you love the, the stupid characters. I do. I love the stupid lovable lovable stupid characters mm-hmm. <laughs> but no i think aki takes the cake for me and one of my favorite parts of this episode is when aki calls makima pissed about like what he says are like two psychos sent to his place for him to care for and then she says well it's because you're the only one that i trust or you're the one that i trust the most and then he has like a, a 180 and or does a 180 and is like starting to blush and is all compliant like okay fine i understand or whatever like, he's just so happy to get a, a compliment from her i thought that was so cute see they're all under her spell <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what makes her a very <laughs> ambiguous character but that same scene i just love how it starts out like this is after the the fight with the leech devil, right? Um, and we're shown how Aki has a very plain but very exact morning routine at his apartment where he does like the, the pour over coffee. I think he does his laundry and then he reads a newspaper on the balcony and then, you know, Denji comes in and, you know, as wild of a character as he is, like it, it, it's like seeing two male colleagues that are rooming together in an apartment and then power arrives and that just entirely breaks up Aki's routine. And I want to say his his mental psyche just because of how much a disruption she is to this whole situation. And yeah, like I guess it's it's the, the classic anime trio where they're all butting heads and just comedy ensues. And it's I just love that contrast of how this this scene is portrayed. And then of course you have the the toilet scene where Denji finally gets to fondle Power's breasts. And that reminds me of the figure that came out for Power. Like, that's the one that everyone's getting now. Doesn't he touch her tits in the next episode? Yes. And so it's like, it's the, I guess it's the cliffhanger for this one. In episode five, Gun Devil, Denji gets the chance to fondle Power's boobs, but his pee-pee no hard until Mamima promises to help him live out his sexual fantasies if he can help get rid of the gun devil, who currently holds the highest score for demonic death counts, including those of Aki's family. Using a special gun devil GPS, Aki's A-team plus three more dispensable characters, Himeno, Kobeni, and Arai, are sent to a local hotel to dispense of a devil that's hoarding a piece of the gun devil's body. However, someone needs to call in MC Escher because the team isn't sure if they're going up the stairs or going down the stairs or going up the sideways stairs. 
So I was going to say, when we got all those flashbacks of power when she was like naked and feral and in the woods or whatever, I kept thinking her boobs look small. Like they look smaller than they do when she's wearing clothes. (laughs) So then when the like the pads fell out of her bra, I was like, ah, okay, that explains it. I was like, why are her boobs so inconsistent between these flashbacks and present day? course you would notice that (laughs) i don't don't know why i didn't notice that (laughs) to your point earlier about makima potentially being very manipulative um she really knows how to appease denji telling him about intimacy and sex and that it's better when two people are connected or understand each other and then lets him straight up cop a feel she's like she knows exactly what she needs to do to get the job done and she knew in this situation that if she could get him to be very happy or flustered or whatever that she could then be like oh by the way there's this gun devil and i need you to kill him yeah i love how denji's dream it it, it's taken to the next level because obviously he he fondles uh power's breasts but it looks like he's not as impressed at as he originally thought he was going to be which reminds me of another Dark Knight quote. What? <laughs> where the Joker says he's like a dog chasing cars. He wouldn't know what to do with one when he caught up to it. Oh, I thought there was like a titty reference in Dark Knight <laughs> that I didn't realize. <laughs> but no, it, it, it's it's coincidentally a dog reference. So it's like here, Denji has caught up to the car, but he isn't no he isn't sure how to react to it until Makima gives him a new goal in life which reinvigorates the chase. Well, I don't think it... Okay, my take on it wasn't that, like, he was disappointed because, like, the boobs weren't exciting. I just think it was Power's boobs weren't exciting, and not because of the size, but because he had no connection with her. He barely mm-hmm. likes her. He She tries to kill him half the time. So I think because there's no intimate connection there's no feelings there for power i think that's what the difference was and then he goes and touches makima's titty and yes they are bigger so maybe like he enjoys them more because they're bigger if that's his personal preference but i think it's also because he likes her and he wants to like get with her and be with her so to be able to touch her tit was different (laughs) and more fulfilling than touching uh power's tit but you're right, that kind of fulfills his goal. So now she gives him a different goal, which is a pretty uh, aggressive goal. So I guess along the way, Denji is learning to connect more with others. It's just a very lewd approach, I guess. We learn in this episode about the gun devil or learn more about the gun devil, but we also learn more about how Aki's family was killed. And I was honestly expecting some gruesome murder scene, something like crazy. Like he goes back to this house and his family's like brutally murdered. They're just obliterated. But instead, they're gone in an instant when they're blown away by the gun devil, along with (laughs) 1.2 million other people. That's nuts. I I have to say, like, when you know someone's family is going to die, like, again, you, you can kind of imagine what you're about to see. This was different. It was... Like, I don't know. I hate to say like unique, but I I was literally not what I was expecting. So it was the fact that it happened all in an instant and you saw nothing else afterwards. I was kind of like that. That's a cool way to present 
this whole situation because you think since he's so fucking driven by this motivation to get revenge on the gun devil that what he witnessed was crazy but it doesn't have to be some crazy scene the fact that his family is gone no matter how they were taken from him still hurts him yeah it sort of flips the script on the violence you would expect in the series especially coming from like again the gun devil i think is the big baddie at this point in chainsaw man so like you said, you would expect something so gruesome out of like killing millions of people. But yeah, just them being ripped or like blown away and having that happen in the blink of an eye. I think that something about that's really terrifying. More so terrifying than like seeing the bodies of your loved one like in front of you. Because it's like they've disappeared. Like you won't see them again. At least there's some level of comfort in seeing a body in front of you but here there's like no evidence that's just, it's just wild at the end of the episode we get introduced to the rest of the team including kobeni and i'm sitting here thinking that's kobeni that's <laughs> that's kobeni from the car memes and the sloppy blowjob memes i don't get it that's kobeni that's literally not what i was thinking i've never googled kobeni i've never seen a picture of her before so i didn't know what i was even expecting but it wasn't that that's for sure <laughs> yeah i would say she's kind of like the the zenitsu of this show like the, the really timid and terrified of anything sort of character uh, so yeah i'm it makes me really curious to see like what the kobeni's car meme like what the context of this is and the sloppy blowjob thing you just brought up, which I had, I have no clue about at all. Oh, yeah, I've seen that too. I, again, I don't know. I just see it referenced in like posts on anime meme pages, but I don't know anything about it. So that was the first time I saw Kobeni and I was like, okay, that's that's not what I thought this was going to be. Yeah, I mean, Kobeni's kind of a fucking weird character, as we'll see later on. Um, and then you have Himeno who I think she was actually introduced in the previous episode, but now we get to see her as part of, I think it's Division 4. Uh, and she's voiced by Maria Issei. I didn't realize this until I looked up the cast afterwards. And I, I follow her on Twitter, and I, I noticed that she was posting a lot about Chainsaw Man, but now I understand why. Uh, and obviously, Himeno will play a big role, especially with Aki's story in the coming episodes. In episode six, Kill Denji, the A-team notices that Dio's The World Stand has stopped time in the hotel and cut off their access to the outside world, giving us time to ogle at Aki and Himeno's growing relationship and pitting the team against the Eternity Devil, who promises to stop the hotel hijinks if the team gives it a dingy-sized dinner. With a stalemate that ends in Kobeni making an accidental carving out of Aki, Dinji decides to deliver the dinner himself, hoping that the Eternity Devil may have an allergic reaction to chainsaws. We learn a lot about uh, Himeno and Aki throughout this latter half of the season, and I think it starts with this episode. We learn they're very close and that she desperately does not want to lose another partner, let alone Aki, because I, I think she has romantic feelings for him, um, or at least is very protective of him uh, in, in, in some way. And so that's like kind of the start of us learning about 
you know, the influence that Himeno has on Aki. And as we'll see later, kind of how that impacts him when he learns that she's gone. But then you have Aki, who protects Denji from Kobeni's knife and says that it's because Denji is one of the few people willing to take down the gun devil and he needs his help. I thought that was kind of a, a nice way to start their bonding because then Denji pauses and sort of like thinks, you know, why would he do that for me? I don't want to owe anybody anything. But I think deep down inside, he's appreciative that Aki almost sacrifice his own life to protect Denji's life. But the whole time I'm sitting here wondering why no one is taking that knife away from Kobeni or knocking her the fuck out again. I'm like, she just stabbed one of your own team members because no one is taking this knife away from her. Maybe they thought she wasn't going to be a threat because she's always so like nervous and timid until, yeah, like she, she crosses the line at this point and yeah, it's, it solidifies Denji's fate I also think it's yeah, like it's funny because Aki sacrifices himself for a guy who just took a goddamn nap earlier in the episode yeah. in the midst of all this chaos I think like th that was where it kind of solidified for me that Denji is, is my favorite character in the show yeah because like he he takes serious situations and just makes them not so serious for himself uh, and it's sometimes at the the casts or the characters other characters expense, but it's just Denji wanting to live his own good life. In episode seven, the taste of a kiss, Denji decimates the Eternity Devil in his Chainsaw Devil cosplay, thanks to a steady diet of hellish hemoglobin. As Himeno realizes that it is Denji whom the A Team can use as the infernal ace up their sleeve against the Gun Devil. The team celebrates their victory at a local izakaya where Himeno plants a pukey one inside Denji's mouth and later invites him over to her place for some sloshy sexy time. Yo, all I can think about from this episode is poor Denji. His first kiss is filled with puke and then he swallows <laughs> yeah. it. I'm, I I don't know, man. I was trying to process that scene. I was like, that is gnarly. <laughs> so did he get drunk off the puke or was it just, I think, later he was offered beer by Himeno. So he did say that when he woke up, he was feeling really dizzy. I, mm. my, I mean, my assumption is if he swallowed her vomit, that that vomit contained a lot of alcohol that was not like uh, digested yet. So, mm. but then he puked it back out. So I don't know. But then like she did kiss him with, some beer. beer in her mouth yeah and he hasn't i assume he has not had alcohol before because he's underage he's 16 i think we learned in that episode so yeah i don't know maybe you're just dizzy from the fact that he had puke in his mouth <laughs> but damn i think that takes the award for the wildest kiss scene in anime <laughs> the best kiss of 2022 <laughs> best or worst <laughs> depending on your opinion yeah <laughs> I, that's again that, that was like my only takeaway i was fuck that that sucks for denji <laughs> also impressive that his fight against the eternity devil lasted three days which i think in that time it's it's still like eight in the morning because they they come out of that incident just super exhausted, I'm sure, almost like jet lag. But damn, uh, that's impressive. Three days of constantly fighting this Eternity Devil who kind of 
acts like a like a hydra where like if you cut off one head two more grow back um but it was a a battle of attrition and of course denji won in the end in episode eight gunfire denji decides to save his virginity card for mamima and himeno is surprisingly cool with that since it gives her a chance to hook up with aki instead too bad the gun devil executes order 66 on the tokyo branch of public safety as, spoiler alert, everyone dies. Denji, Power, Aki, and Himeno are forced to fend for themselves against a vengeful grandson of the Yakuza geezer and his young blonde ward, the former of which has a menacing katana devil cosplay, and the latter of which has a sinister solid snake devil cosplay that incapacitates Aki to the brink of death. So of course, Himeno pulls the unfulfilled love card, by sacrificing herself using her ghost devil to save her sulking, cigarette-smoking sidekick. All of this shit in episode 8 came out of nowhere. The episode starts off pretty mild and pleasant when Denji turns down Himeno, and then they become friends, mm-hmm. and they form an alliance to help another get together with their love interests. And then suddenly everyone gets shot in the fucking head, including Makima and Denji. (laughs) And then Himeno sacrifices herself to protect Aki. And then he and Power are left to fend for themselves. And it's it's not looking too good. And then there's a sword variant of Denji's Chainsaw Man. And I'm like, why does he want to kill Denji? And uh, I don't understand what's happening. I get that he's pissed about his grandfather dying, but... What the hell is happening? So it was it was great though. Like I say that in in a, a good way because it took me by surprise and made me really invested and really intrigued as to like where this was all going. Yeah, I think from the previous episode, I expected it to be a sort of like devil of the week format where the team has to fight a, a new devil. And that's the case here because you have, I think they call them the sword samurai and then... Akane, I think, is the blonde girl's name. And so they are new devils. But um, yeah, this one, this episode, I also have the same reaction of like, what the fuck is happening? Because it kind of sweeps the rug from under your feet by introducing this event that kind of shatters everything, like shatters what your expect expectations of the story are going to be. I have a question. Did seeing the sword hybrid dude the sword man um make denji's chainsaw man feel a little discounted like a little less special because there's basically the exact same type of person but with swords um not really because i feel i still feel like a chainsaw like if you bring a chainsaw to a sword fight i feel like the chainsaw is still gonna be overpowering um <laughs> uh, it, it just i think it was just weird seeing another character in a similar format and design as Chainsaw, the Chainsaw Devil. Well, that's what I mean. Like, to me, I, I thought, oh, Chainsaw Man is cool. Like, chainsaws come out of his fucking face and his arms. And I'm sure there are other hybrid type of individuals like Denji out there, but their hybrids will look different. And then the sword dude shows up and he looks exactly the fucking same. And Mm. I was like, oh, okay. So maybe they just all look the same then, which I guess logically, you know, makes sense if, if the sword dude fused with the sword devil, you know, using his heart the same way that Denji did with Pochita. And yeah, I guess logically he would look similar, but part of me was kind of like, oh, okay. It makes Denji just feel a touch less special 
knowing that there mm. are there's at least one other person and potentially more that would look exactly the same as him if they underwent the same thing that Denji did. Yeah, maybe if there's a little bit of differentiation in design, kind of like the the Titans in Attack on Titan, um, it wouldn't look so homogenous to us. But that's just making me think, like, is there, like, a butcher knife devil? Like, what would he look like? Or... Just butcher knives out of his hands and then one out of his forehead. <laughs> or like a, a pencil devil. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to also comment how I thought it was kind of cool that in the beginning of this episode, it takes the same scene from the cliffhanger of the previous episode and puts it in a new perspective, uh, kind of like a first-person perspective think it was from Himeno's point of view um just to kind of emulate the same cinematic feel that this series has been producing episode by episode it's kind of like doing a recap at the beginning of the episode but doing it in a unique fresh way Mm -hmm. in episode nine from kyoto dingy has a short-lived fight against the katana devil cosplayer and is in the midst of being taken hostage when it is revealed that Mamima somehow survived the Gun Devil's Order 66 and remotely detonates Katana and Solid Snake Devil's henchmen via a twisted death row ritual in Kyoto. Kobeni, of all people, ends up rescuing Dinji while Mamima books a one-way ticket back to Tokyo Prison to go and relight some feelings. Man, this is when the mystery surrounding Makima really started because we see what her powers are like and she's OP as fuck, but it's at the sacrifice of other human lives. I thought it was kind of cool. Like there's a give and take here. She's not overpowered just for the sake of being overpowered. She has to sacrifice something in order to have that level of power. And that is the death row inmates mm-hmm. um, or people with life, life sentences. Um, but it's just like so fucking weird to think that like she has to make that choice she makes a lot of tough decisions and again does what she needs to do to get the job done but i know there's this talk throughout the latter half of uh this first season you know about whether makima is aware of some of the goings on and whether or not she could have prevented some of these things and i think the sensei character kind of calls her out on that like did you know could you have stopped this and I, I feel like, you know, I feel like she's alluding to the fact that she did know something, but then that makes me wonder how she survived a bullet to the head. I'm almost wondering, this is purely a theory as an anime only person, if maybe she had a body double because she knew that they were going to be attacked. And so mm. she allowed that body double, whether it's another human or something that she created to be attacked, so that she could be okay. Um, but I don't know, or maybe it's part of her powers cause she's OP. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, I think the first question we have to ask is what kind of devil did she have a contract with? And the OP devil. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe that's the reason that she has some sort of clairvoyance as to what's going on behind the scenes with these incidents, uh, coupled with the, the fact that she can basically take a soul for a soul um, with the way that she's able to stop the the sword samurai and Akane. Although it's how would she have known the, the names of their henchmen? I think that's why she 
is alluding to that the fact that she knew all along this was going to happen. She mm. may have had time to do that research and find out who these people are because but, she also was able to collect those eyeballs from other members of the Yakuza's well, family. That happens in the later episode because she goes to the Yakuza head personally to find out the names. And then that's why I think later on, like she's able to help out uh, when they're, they're cornering the sword samurai and Akane. Yeah, but I'm saying is like if she's known for a while that this attack was going to happen, she would have had time oh, to research yeah. the names of okay. the people involved so that she could squish them. <laughs> she's literally squishing them. It's it's it was crazy to watch mm. how how all these people died. Um, because it's weird. Like they they like felt something. They sensed something around them at first, and then they died. It wasn't just like bam, you're squished. They knew something was coming, and it, it's so scary. I think that's mm -hmm. a terrifying way to die because. You like know it's coming and you cannot stop it because you can't see it. You don't know how to avoid it. And you know you're going to fucking get just absolutely demolished. Yeah, I can't imagine like if I'm with a group of friends and everyone just started internally combusting. They just like, explode. <laughs> or is it, did they really explode? No, I, like, they got crushed, it. but like all yeah. the blood goes everywhere because where else is it going to go? Yeah, that's, that's fucking nuts. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking more about like makiman just how mysterious but overpowering uh, she can be um it just makes me think like is she the one sort of pulling the strings uh to like make like to kill off all of these devils almost like she's the one instigating this sort of proxy war i'm i'm starting to think now in terms of star wars and the prequels <laughs> where you know, Chancellor Palpatine, spoilers for the Star Wars prequels, but Chancellor Palpatine orchestrates this whole war in order to put himself into power as the emperor of the Galactic Empire that we see in the Star Wars original original trilogy. And I'm starting to wonder, is this what Makima is also sort of doing? Like she is trying to consolidate her own power by somehow orchestrating these events or I don't know if she's like in cahoots with the gun devil to put herself into power. As with Courtney, I'm an anime only watcher, so I'm just theorizing. But yeah, there's there's more to Makima than I think we are currently seeing, and it I think it's gonna be fascinating to find out like exactly what what her deal is. In episode ten, bruised and battered. Aki recovers in the hospital and mourns his not-girlfriend's death and is convinced to make a new deal with another devil to stay in the good fight against the gun devil, despite a visit from Himeno's sister that reveals how much his not-ex-lover wanted him to just have a good life by one republic. Meanwhile, Dinji and Power are assigned to undergo extensive and excruciating training under the tutelage of Himeno and Aki's former trainer, Kishibei, whose soothing, sultry voice could kill as much as his hands can. Because my boy Kenjira Suda plays Kishibe. That was just so awesome to hear. I love the hospital scene because it just, it's kind of like a tables turning type of moment when 
you think back to Denji being in the hospital and Aki is sitting bedside cutting a single apple to give to him. He's bedside, yeah, because I think, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a bond forming, but really it's because he's his superior and he has to kind of keep an eye on him and make sure he's okay. Um, But there's not really like a meaningful moment between them. But then here... As time has progressed and as they've grown a little bit closer, you now have Aki in the hospital bed and Denji, along with Power, is eating an apple. But my first thought was, oh my gosh, there's a an entire basket of full apples. Is this a signal that their bond and trust for each other has grown a lot more than before? Um, because you've gone from this like o- obligatory hospital visit with one apple where... Um, where Aki doesn't even really want to give the apple to Denji, to now the two of them, Power and Denji, sitting bedside with Aki and having a full basket of apples. But then Denji gets up and takes the whole basket to Makima instead and leaves him one apple. Yeah, wasn't he just eating all of them? Yeah, they were like snacking on them. Um, But then I guess like they were intended, they were going to bring him to Makima instead. So I was like, okay, maybe it's not as, (laughs) you know, nostalgic, not nostalgic, but sentimental as I thought it was going to be. We do learn in the scene, I think, or like in the moments after the scene, that Aki only has two years left on his life because of all the times he's used his cursed sword. I figured it was going to be a short amount of time because Himeno had talked earlier about how she does not want him using that sword. He's already shaved off many years of his life. I didn't realize it was that many years. Two years is not a long time. Well, it's not like he has much to look forward to since Jimeno's gone. I know. Right? And then he cried for her because she was like, cry for me when I'm gone. And then he actually did cry for her. I That was sad. That was really sad. Yeah. And I want to comment on the music in this scene. Uh, the music for the Chainsaw Man series is composed by Kensuke Ushio, who was the same composer for the movie A Silent Voice, which we watched and discussed. Um I think that he has this thing for making very atmospheric music where it's not like a a, a specific melody, but it's one that really sets the tone for Aki's hospital room scene and later with the letter reading scene. Um, It kind of just, it's music that makes you feel like, you know, Aki's kind of out of the moment realizing that Himeno's gone. And so, you know, the the rest of the music in this show is like powered by like heavy metal and rock. But this is one of the moments where I appreciated the music really setting the right emotional tinge. In episode 11, Mission Start, Aki makes a deal with the future devil who flips out at his fucked up future as Kishi Bay gears up Dingy, Power, and the remnants of the A-Team to panty-raid the Katana Devil cosplayer's Yakuza branch that is in cahoots with the Gun Devil. Another Walking Dead-esque zombie fest ensues as Aki, Power, and Dinji advance further up the Tower of Terror, wherein Aki confronts the Solid Snake Devil cosplayer, his not-lover's killer, who now uses Himeno's Ghost Devil against him. Low blow, man. Low blow. They built up the Future Devil and like Aki taking on the future devil's powers to no longer need to use that cursed sword. Um, And I felt like we didn't get 
much from that because when he's fighting the ghost devil, let me know if I'm jumping ahead. Does he fight the ghost devil in this episode? Yes, it's the climax of this episode. Okay, so when he's fighting the the ghost devil, like he, I think the fucking future devil, right? The future devil. Yes. <laughs> um, tells him that the only thing he's able to do with this contract is peek a bit into the future, which I guess can help him in fights or tough situations, but it doesn't really seem to help him very much in this situation. So I don't know if they're saving something bigger related to the future devil for maybe after season one, but I was very underwhelmed by this whole, you know, you're going to make a new contract thing. It's the future devil. He's, he's very quirky. It's very quirky, um, but probably very powerful. And then that's all you can do is just peek a little bit into the future. Yeah. That's basically how um, Aki was able to fight the, the ghost devil, right? Because he could better anticipate its attacks to an extent, but then he ends up getting choked out anyway. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, like, what are what are the parameters for seeing into the future? How far into the future can you see? How long can you continue to look into the future? Um, there's so much we don't know at this point, which makes it exciting to find out more about the future devil. But yeah, I was kind of underwhelmed. I, w- I won't say disappointed. I think there's probably an intention behind giving us a lackluster reveal at this point about the future devil's contract with Aki. But I, I'm sure... There's more to come about that. Yeah, the future devil is a, a really interesting antler-looking motherfucker. <laughs> here's another Jujutsu Kaisen comparison. He kind of looks like Hanami, the, the 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 demon or the cursed spirit that Itadori and Todo faced off against. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Totally different personalities, but yeah. similar aesthetic. <laughs> I would say if anyone remembers this character, future devil kind of gives off hard gay energy which is kind of <laughs> like unexpected from uh, a, a, a character that is supposed to be terrifying but I, I just love again that it kind of flips the script with how we view certain devils and in the final episode episode 12 katana versus chainsaw aki gets out of his ghastly situation by using the power of friendship and menthol to overcome the ghost devil and Kobeni uses her notorious knife skills to apprehend the Solid Snake Devil cosplayer. Meanwhile, Denji dukes it out with the Katana Devil cosplayer, a la the train battle scene from Spider-Man 2, and literally pulls his leg to trick and defeat the Yakuza geezer's grimy grandson. He and Aki decide to have a nutcracking contest with the goon, while the Solid Snake Devil cosplayer and heroes out of nowhere to protect the gun devil from litigation. Though Mamima has an idea now of where this goddamn ghoulish gunslinger could be hiding. The episode ends with Dinji reliving a dream of a door with his devil dog doing his damnedest to deter him from dislodging it, while an unknown woman openly asks what kind of mouse Dinji would like to be. My guess would be Mincy Mouse. You know, because of Chainsaw. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll be here all night, folks. So it's very sentimental and poetic that the ghost devil gave that cigarette to Aki. But like, why? I thought devils don't really care about humans. I mean, there's Pochita, right? Where they had a, a strong bond, him and Denji. But I thought they don't really care about humans unless they're insinuating that the ghost devil did have a bond with Himeno and therefore ha- like held on to that cigarette in, mm. in, you know, on, on Himeno's behalf. 
Yeah, well, Jimeno does say before her demise, like she will offer her like soul or something to the ghost devil. So maybe there are remnants of her in the devil that Aki faces off against. Um, I'm reading a synopsis that he was able to defeat the ghost devil by letting go of his fear when remembering Jimeno. So because Jimeno told him that the ghost devil can't see, can only see fear or using fear. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if there is no fear, it can't see him? Yes. Okay. Why did the cigarette say easy revenge? I don't understand that, that. Yeah, maybe that's, again, a remnant of Jimeno living on in the ghost devil. No, I he, figured she probably wrote that on the cigarette. Mm-hmm. That a cigarette may be intended for Aki. But, like, what, is, what does easy revenge mean? Uh, Maybe it's saying you can easily revenge this dumb blonde bitch i don't know <laughs> i mean I, I was a little lost by that so i i don't know if i overlooked something um but yeah that mm-hmm. was i mean it was again it was a nice scene it was sentimental it was meaningful um but i was a little confused by some of those smaller details but it's like the the first it's the first cigarette that she offered aki right and that she, I think so. I think that's what they're insinuating yeah, like by she the was flashback. Hold on to it until he was of age, even though he's already smoking. Yes, yeah, like so maybe she already gave him one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was it was a nice scene either way, but yeah, a little bit confusing. And then I was also confused as to how the ghost devil survived if the snake devil chopped off its head before, because Aki defeats it by chopping off its head. But didn't the snake also chop off its head when it? Like was when they were fighting Jimeno. Yeah, I don't. I th- I thought it just the, the 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 girl Akane took the the ghost devil's powers with her. I, obviously, there's there's a loophole there. Although I do remember it was the ghost devil's hand that pulled the the chain or the string on Denji's chest to activate him as the chainsaw devil. In oh, true, and that was after the head got lobbed off. So yeah, maybe there were like maybe Himeno did kind of fuse with the devil since it mm-hmm. took her, her soul, her being, and so she was able to do that and give the cigarette to Aki. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then there were three post-credit scenes, and I don't know what any of them all mean. I mean, there was like the first one that was closure for Aki. Uh, regarding his relationship with Jimeno. But the other two, I don't quite know what they mean. I'm sure that's intentional, but it was weird having three post-credit scenes. Yeah, I think it's a hint to, I think there's a character that becomes the focus of the next arc, and that's the woman that we hear um, in that last post-credit scene. Um, And yeah, like I think the, the, the door thing was the same thing that we saw in the very first episode it was the the opening scene where it's denji approaching that door but now we hear pochita warning him off not to open it so that just opens up another can of worms as to like what what is behind this door if we ever see it in come to fruition in denji's real life and that train battle i think mappa's production quality came in strong with that even though i was getting like the the Spider-Man 2 vibes from it. Uh, I don't know if that was intentional, like if uh, Fujimoto purposely wanted to frame it sort of like the fight between Spider-Man and Doc Ock, but obviously with this being the climactic fight of 
the first season, it definitely pulled out all the stops. And then with Denji kind of like, uh, like again, pulling the Katana Devil's leg by literally slicing him with a chainsaw on his leg. I thought that was brilliant because I'm pretty sure... Oh, no, in their first fight, the Katana Devil had, had just chopped off his the lower half of his body, right? Yeah, and they were going to take him because he couldn't walk away. <laughs> but then he still had his arms with him. So I, I was thinking, like, like, the Katana Devil was using the same tactics against Denji here. So then Denji just got smart and finally protruded a chainsaw out of his leg, which I guess he, he learned that from... Or probably learned how to manifest that through his training with Kishibe. I think that's the idea. That's the implication is that there's a lot of growth that Denji went through because of all the fucked up training that he <laughs> was subjected to. And therefore, he's he's able to think outside the box. And then you have the, the scene with uh, Aki later when they are holding Katana and they have the, the nut shot contest yeah i think that was, was growth too for them yeah definitely i mean they they went from denji using you know the kicking balls technique on aki to the two of them using it on their enemy so there's the, the bond continues to grow stronger and i love how aki says himeno are you up in heaven we're playing a requiem for you yeah <laughs> just, just they make it so poetic <laughs> yeah, it's just uh the katana devil guys screams through the air but that brings us to our final thoughts for Chainsaw Man. So, how many Chainsaw Devil in your hearts out of 10 would you give this anime? Well, before I answer that, I know we still have that lingering question um, as to whether or not Chainsaw Man, the anime, lived up to the hype that mm. we heard about from manga readers. Are you already planning to answer this in your final thoughts, or do you want to talk about it separately? Uh, I was going to talk about it a little in my final thoughts. Okay, so. then I'll, I'll do the same. So we'll answer it separately then. Um, so I would give Chainsaw Man a 9 out of 10. It was very good. Um, animation and production quality were at the absolute peak. I thought that everything visually was so thoughtful. Each frame, each scene, each movement, etc. except for the CGI. That was the only thing that <laughs> did not seem to be at its absolute peak. But the overall aesthetic of Chainsaw Man, the anime, was like cinematic. Cinematic to a T. Um, even something as small and brief as Aki putting toothpaste on a toothbrush or pouring his coffee looked fucking gorgeous. Just looked absolutely amazing. And I think the music was absolutely stellar. Um, I'm not a music person, so it takes a lot for a soundtrack to really stick out in my mind and, and stick with me long after I've watched the anime. And I feel like this was a really amazing soundtrack. Um, there, Every aspect of Chainsaw Man, I thought, came together so well and so beautifully. But the reason I, I can't give it a full 10 out of 10 is because of a couple of, of things that I think may seem minor, but I think also play a big factor um, in the way Chainsaw Man came together and the way that it was delivered. So the first thing that comes to mind are the fight scenes. The fight scenes were cool and I enjoyed them, but they lacked a certain 
oomph to them. When I compare it to fight scenes from Demon Slayer or Jujutsu Kaisen um, or even like Attack on Titan, like they have more impressive fight scenes. I'm just going to put it out there. There are other anime, other big name anime that have more impressive fight scenes that have that oomph to them than Chainsaw Man. It's not to say that these weren't good fight scenes. I think that they were really good fight scenes. The choreographed like fighting move, the choreography in general was still really, really good, but they just, I wanted them to give me a little bit more. I also didn't care much about the antagonists at the end of the day, the villains, because we never really learned about them until the end. And they sort of, sort of just showed up in the middle of the story and killed everybody, which sparked my interest, but then could not keep my interest ultimately. We only really knew in the beginning that the one guy was salty about his grandpa Yakuza boss dying. And it's not until the end of the season that we learn that the blonde chick has a contract with the gun devil. But by that point, again, like they had already kind of lost my initial investment with that wild episode eight, I think it was, where they like killed everybody off. And then there's the story itself. Do not get me wrong. It is a really interesting story. And I thoroughly enjoyed what I watched for this first season. But I feel like we're just scratching the surface. And that season one was laying the foundation. So I'm not saying the story is bad. I'm simply saying that the good stuff is yet to come. At least that's how I feel. Because by the end of season one, we know so little about power, Makima, uh, the public safety inner workings, which seem to be pretty shady, the gun devil, the villains, um, why Denji's heart is so important, or why everyone loves Kobeni and memes the shit out of her car and a sloppy blowjob. Like, there's a ton of great stuff ahead, and I'm really excited for it. I just think it's still early days for Chainsaw Man, so it's not a bad story at all. Um, I think it's just the start of it um, is not, like, as insane as maybe some other starts to some other anime. So that's why I feel like the story is only going to get better from here. So then the final thing is, you know, do I feel that Chainsaw Man is as hype as manga readers made it out to be? Not entirely. Um, I think, again, it is because it's still early days for Chainsaw Man. I bet the good shit that manga readers really get hype about is going to happen after the season one. There's only so much you can pack into 12 episodes and you don't want to overdo it to make the pacing all like out of whack. So I'm fine being patient. I'm fine waiting for that hype to finally land, let's say in season two or season three, as long as it is really good shit that's, you know, coming down the road. What about you? Yeah, I would give Chainsaw Man an eight and a half out of 10. And just to answer it right off the bat, I would say that some of the hype surrounding the series is well-deserved thanks to MAPPA's reverence to the material. Visually, this is one of the most visceral and gory shows that I have seen in recent memory. And besides the clunky CGI that we discussed, I thought every frame was still a delight to behold. And I think the overall direction was terrific at all levels, even with simple things like the homage laced OP to the well-placed timing of comedy into serious or action-driven situations to the, again, atmospheric music of Kensuke Ushio. Um, Story-wise, I think, as you mentioned, Courtney, the series still has a lot to flesh out beyond the boundaries of this first season. And thinking of other 
like big name anime out there that have had stellar first seasons thinking back to like Demon Slayer or even Attack on Titan. I remember maybe with those series, they had the added benefit of having additional episodes in their first season, which made us really think those were standout shows. Here with Chainsaw Man, we only have 12 episodes. And so I think that's where like the hype for this show went a little bit overboard, but I think it's because we don't have more of the story in this first season like we did with those other shows. But I think with a wild card protagonist like Denji at the helm and the ever-looming threat of the gun devil that's hanging over these devil hunters, it feels like it will be heading towards an interesting direction. And just to talk about the story a little bit more, I, I also appreciate how it never really takes itself too seriously. And no pun intended, it doesn't chain itself down with platitudes, but it still focuses on core human elements like our connection with others or the things that drive us, even if that means getting to touch some boobs. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of compare it to like the tone of the series reminds me a lot of like the film Zombieland, where it takes a serious situation, but it sometimes views it with a not so serious lens. So all in all, I still had a devil of a time watching this first season of Chainsaw Man, and I can't wait to see what else this series brings to the future. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, we have not gotten a confirmation for a season two or any you know, continuation of the anime. I'm sure we will, though. I would be very surprised if we didn't. And I would be very disappointed because, like I said, I feel like there is so much more to come with Chainsaw Man that we are in. There's going to be a lot of crazy shit in store for us anime only people. So I hope that we get a confirmation of a season two at some point. But we all know MAPPA has quite a fucking roster uh, mm -hmm. at the moment. So maybe they just need a little bit of time to get their ducks in a row. Either way, when if and when Chainsaw Man Season 2 comes out, you know we're going to be talking about it here at Strictly Anime. Once again, Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2023. We have a lot of fun stuff in store for you this year as well. So look forward to that. And thank you so much for joining us once again. Subscribe to Strictly Anime on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash thestrictlyseries and tune into Strictly Jojo, our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb. <laughs>